Welcome to the Mountain Park Church Podcast. We're excited to share this week's message with you. Our mission is to allow God to work in and through us, and we'd love to hear your story of how God has been working in or through you. Email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in and through you. Hey everyone, Pastor Brenda here. Welcome to Sunday House Church. We are in the middle of this series called Comeback, and I'm excited to get to speak to you today about what's been on my heart about the sort of comeback nature of God. He is a God of redemption. He is a God of the greatest comeback stories. And so I am excited to talk to you today about His redemptive nature. In the last couple of weeks, we've heard Pastor Andrew talk about the fact that God is always calling us to come back to His heart. Throughout the Old Testament, He was calling the Israelites back to His heart. We see this several times throughout the writings of the Old Testament, where God is pleading for the Israelites to come back to His heart, and He says, follow my statutes. So over the last two weeks, that's what Andrew has been talking about, about coming back to the heart of God, coming back to His desires and His purpose and the things that He wants for our lives, picking those things up and walking in obedience to His statutes or His commandments or His will for our lives. And so I would say this is like faith and obedience. It's being able to trust God and believe in hope for the best, that He has the best in store for us, but it's also walking in obedience to whatever it is that He asks us to do. When we do those two things, we are setting ourselves up with a sure foundation for our lives. We are building on something incredible, and we have the best opportunity and the biggest open door for God to move and work in our lives when we are doing those two things. Now, I want to remind you that being faithful and obedient to what God is asking us to do, coming back to His heart and doing His will is not about duty and obligation. It's not about just a checklist of doing all of the right things. It's actually because God's heart for, for us is found in those things. It's about God's goodness and how much He actually loves us and desires to work together with us. He says, come back to me with your whole heart. Walk in my statutes. And then He's able to pour out blessing and favor and protection and covering over our lives. So it, it again, it's not about duty or obligation. It's about opening the door for God to show us His goodness and His love. And so today, I'm talking about the redemptive nature of God. And we're going to look at this throughout the whole Bible, but I want to start by talking about what is redemption. If you've never heard that word before. Maybe you've heard it, but you've always just kind of wondered. I'm not really sure what exactly that means. God is a God who redeems, which means that He's actually restoring things back to their intended state and purpose. He is taking things that are broken and lost. Everything that was lost in the fall of man is being restored in and through Christ. And God is at work restoring things in our lives. That's His nature. 
It's what he does. When we deviate towards bondage and captivity and destruction, when we choose to go off the path by disobedience and by positioning ourselves in alignment with sin and with the enemy, we actually bring brokenness into our lives. But it's God's nature to seek out and to save everything that was lost by sin and lost in the fall of man. Every piece of your heart, every piece of your life that has been broken or that feels empty and dead, every part that feels like it's a waste or that it has no purpose or value anymore, those are the things that God is continually seeking out to save and redeem in our lives. God will always release, recover, and restore all things to their original design. And we see this all throughout scripture. His redemptive nature, it is who he is and what he does. It is the entirety of the Bible and the gospel message. It's all about his redemptive nature. It's all about him restoring and fixing the things that were broken by sin in the fall of man. God's story is one of redemption. From Genesis to Revelation, he reveals himself as our Redeemer. It was actually one of the first things that he did in the Bible with the Israelites. Under Abraham, he gathered them as, as a people. He, he named them his people and actually um, set forth under Abraham generations that would be his, the Israelites. And through Moses, he delivered them from captivity in Egypt and showed himself strong on their behalf as their redeemer. And we see this redemptive nature of God throughout all of scripture, but it was for the rest of the Old Testament that um, the prophets and the writers of the Old Testament books were constantly reminding the Israelites of their redemption from Egypt and how God was saying, just come back to me. Come back to that place. Allow me to be your redeemer. Allow me to restore all things in your life. But it begins with coming back to me with your whole heart and walking in obedience to what I've called you to do. Over and over and over in the Old Testament, we see words like that or similar words. Return to me. Come back to me. Return to my heart. And we saw that a couple of weeks ago when Andrew showed the video of the prodigal son. It's about returning to the heart of God. And again, it isn't out of duty or obligation or even fear of God. It's all about positioning ourselves to receive his goodness and his love and his grace and mercy in our lives. God is always longing to redeem things in our lives. And he kind of showed us uh, the ultimate redemption in Jesus Christ when he came and died on the cross. He was called the ransom for many. It was what he accomplished on the cross was actually a great redemption of all things reconciled back to God. That's what the scriptures say, that in Christ, he was reconciling everything back to himself. He was bringing everything back to the way it should be. He was bringing mankind and humanity back 
to his heart. He was providing a way for us to come boldly into his presence. He was restoring and redeeming all things through Christ on the cross. Jesus paid the ultimate price for our freedom and our promise of redemption was sealed in his blood. In John eleven twenty five, 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. That literally means I am the stand up and be whole. I have come and he gave his life so that we could walk in this resurrection life, that we could actually stand up under his promises, under the covering of his blood and be made whole in God. We have this opportunity, yet so many of us are living so far below that. We're not living the life that Jesus came to provide for us. Yes, we have been promised eternity in heaven, but we have been promised so much more. And the resurrection life is available here and now. It's available to um, redeem every lost piece of your life, to bring back and reconcile everything that has been broken in your life. That is what the resurrection life is all about. And this is our hope as Christians, that we can experience the redemptive nature of God right here and right now. We don't have to wait until eternity. We don't have to wait until heaven to experience his redemptive nature in our lives. We can experience it here and now every single day. John 10, 10, Jesus said this, the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. God's heart is to redeem every broken thing in our lives and lead us into the life of fullness right here, right now. This is what Jesus died to provide for us. Even though God had a plan for our life, it has been marred and destroyed by sin. We were born into sin. And unfortunately, the effects of sin and sin against us in this broken world leave us a little bit uh, broken sometimes. But God sent Jesus to redeem and reconcile all of those things. And in and through Christ, when we find new life in Him, when we are born again and give our lives to Him, we are invited into a brand new way of life. And that is so exciting and we can experience the fullness of that right here and right now. As the Bible continues to go on throughout the New Testament, we see um, lots of descriptions of how to live out the newness of life that Christ provided for us. It talks about putting on our new nature, about wearing the things that Christ has provided for us like brand new clothes. It's like We have this life, but we have to apply it. We have to actually find out what Jesus has taught, what the Bible and the Word teaches us, and walk in obedience to the things He has called us to so that we can live out this life that He has provided for us. And all the way through Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, we see the redemptive nature of God. I'm going to read a Scripture from Revelation 21, right at the end of the Bible. 
There's this amazing scripture about the redemption of all things and the hope that we have to look forward to one day. Starting in verse one, it says this, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. He also said, write this down because these words are faithful and true. There it is. In the end, God is working a story of redemption to make all things new. He's going to provide everything brand new for us. In heaven, we'll even have new bodies. This is amazing. God's story of redemption never ends. He is always redeeming and reconciling everything back to himself. He has never stopped his redemptive work, and I don't believe he ever will. He never quits. He never gives up. He never stops. He is always working to fully complete the things that he has started in our lives. The Bible is full of stories of redemption, of comeback stories. And we love comeback stories, don't we? Because there's something inside of us. There's a hope inside of us that resonates when the underdog wins, when someone comes back from a beating and is able to have a victory. There's a hope inside of us that longs for that in our own lives. But so many people don't believe it's available for them. They believe it for everybody else. They believe God would redeem everything in anyone else's life, but it's so hard to believe it for our own selves. I see that all of the time. God is on the ultimate rescue and recovery mission. He came to seek and save everything that was lost. Everything that was lost in the fall of man, he's come to seek out and rescue, and redeem, and save. This is amazing news. It's not just people, but every broken thing can be redeemed by God. So we see stories of this redemption, these comeback stories all throughout the Bible, and I actually had a hard time choosing one today that we could look at and unpack a little bit. But I chose the story of Moses, And I don't have time to go into his entire story, but you know, um, if you've read it before, if you want to read it, you can go back and start at the beginning of Exodus and read the first couple of chapters of Exodus for Moses' background story. But he was born as an Israelite in a time when Israel was in slavery to Egypt. And when he was born, there was a law put out that Israelite... um, young baby boys were to be killed, actually. And his mother saw that there was something special about Moses. And so she hid him in a place where the Pharaoh's daughter would find him. And she ended up kind of falling for him and bringing her into her home and adopting him. So he was raised as an Egyptian in, in Pharaoh's home. He was raised 
to, the Bible says that he was actually would have been well-educated um, and raised in sort of honor in an Egyptian home, even though he was an Israelite. Now, when he was about 40 years old, he went out and he saw his fellow man, his fellow Israelites were enslaved to the Egyptians. And he saw the fighting and the hardship that was going on. And I believe he was born to be their deliverer. He was born to be the redeemer. He was born to be the one who would walk Israel out of Egypt. And I think somewhere inside of him, he kind of knew that. He knew this was his calling. I call this a holy discontent. There was something inside of him that just knew this is wrong and I need to do something about it. So he jumps into the middle of the fight. He ends up killing the Egyptian and he buries him in the sand. Now, the next day he's out again and he sees two Israelites who are fighting. And again, that that quality in him, that calling in him rose up and he asked, why are you guys fighting? Like your fellow kinsmen, why are you fighting? And one of them turns to him and he says, like, are you going to do to me what you did to the Egyptian yesterday? Are you going to kill me and bury me too? Now, Moses thought no one had seen what he had done. And so he's stunned by these words. And this guy actually says to him, like, who made you ruler and judge over Israel? He actually took what was Moses's calling and identity, what God had set him apart to do, and he twisted it just a little and he turned it against him. That is so much like the voice of the enemy. That is exactly how the enemy tries to get into our lives. So Moses runs and he hides out in Midian on the backside of the desert for another 40 years. This point of his life, he's a shepherd. He's gotten married. He has a couple of kids. And I'm sure by this time he's 80 years old, I'm sure that he was in a place where he was like feeling a little bit washed up, maybe. Like, this is my life now. I thought that I was born to do something great. I felt a calling on my life. I had this holy discontent to save my people. But here I am, a shepherd, all these years on the backside of the desert, hiding from what I thought was the calling that God had given me in my life. And that's where Moses met God at the burning bush and was called back to Egypt to free and release the Israelites from their slavery. But when God approaches him and asks him to go back to to Egypt, Moses had so many excuses. You can go and read his story, but he had every excuse in the book. He didn't think he was qualified. He didn't think he was adequate. He didn't think he had a good enough um, speaking voice or that he could uh, eloquently say the words that needed to be said. He didn't think that he was the one anymore. He had lost that sense of purpose and identity. And here he is giving God all of these excuses of why he's not capable And God's answer to him every time was basically the same. God said, I am. I am sending you. I am empowering you. I am going to be with you. I am the one who's doing the work here. It's about me, not about you. And I feel like sometimes we get so caught up in ourselves, 
so caught up in our own deficiencies and our own inadequacies and our weaknesses. And that's all we can see. We're so introverted in how we look at ourselves. And all we see is the things that are wrong and the things that are broken and the things that will never work and the things that were wounded and the things that were lost along the way. But God always says, I want to take all of that. I want to come into your mess and I want to redeem all of those pieces. I want to breathe life back into your calling and purpose. And I actually want to redeem you back into my kingdom and put you back where you belong in the identity that I gave you and the purpose and calling that I put on your life. I believe there's many of us today probably listening to this who would feel the same way as Moses did, who feel a little bit lost. Maybe when you were younger, maybe when you first got saved, you had this holy discontent in your own heart. You were, you know, passionate about something, but somewhere along the way, someone said something that deterred you and maybe disappointed you. Maybe you had things happen that you didn't expect and were big disappointments in your life. And here you find yourself all these years later and you're thinking, man, you know, there are things I wanted to do in the kingdom of God. There were things I felt God calling me to. But here I am sort of washed up and old and it's been years since I've done anything. I got busy with life. Man, God just wants to step in and redeem. It's never too late. The story is never too broken for God to step in and do what only he can do. All he needs is a soft and surrendered heart and faithful obedience to what he asks us to do. And he's the one who steps into our weakness with his strength and brings everything that we need to get the job done. When he said, I am to Moses, he was saying, I am enough. I know that you're not. But that's the whole story of the gospel is that we're not enough. And I feel like we get tripped up on this. You know how often I talk to people and I hear them saying, I feel like I'm not enough. I feel disqualified. I feel inadequate. I feel like I don't deserve this. That is such a twisted voice of the enemy. That is such a twisted mess because the truth is that you actually don't deserve it. But the whole message of the gospel is that even when we don't deserve it, and even when we disqualify ourselves, and even when we're broken and weak and messed up, God still sent his son to redeem us. He wants to redeem all those places of our lives. No matter if we've inflicted, you know, the pain on ourselves, we've chosen our own path and done our own thing, we've been disobedient, whatever the case may be, and we've brought it on ourselves, or someone else has, you know, wounded us or said words that discouraged us or brought disappointment into our life, whatever, it's all just the brokenness of sin and none of it is beyond what God can do to repair and redeem a person's life. God's plan of redemption is not about you. So we have to get our focus off ourselves. It's about God. It's a revelation of his nature and character in our lives for the purpose of impacting our world. 
And we just need to get on board and allow him to do the work that he does best. If God has called you like he called Moses, he will equip and empower you to do everything that he calls you to do. He is working for you. If God is for you, who could ever be against you? His redemptive nature is there to actually restore and renew all things. But here's the thing. From the very beginning, it was God's desire to use Moses. It was why he was set apart as a baby. It is why he was raised um, by Pharaoh's daughter and sort of saved from being killed as a baby because he was set apart to be the deliverer of God's people. But Moses had to get over himself. He had to wrestle with all of the disappointments and setbacks. And he had to decide to trust God with his comeback. And this is where the rubber sort of hits the road for us. Do we actually trust God? Do we trust his character and nature? Do we trust him to do what he says he's going to do? We see it in someone else's life, but do we trust him that he's going to do it in our lives? And here's some things that he's asking us to do. These are the things Moses had to do. Moses had to crucify his own pride. He had to lay down his insecurities. He had to overcome his fear of rejection. He had to release his expectations, embrace his weakness, and get over all of his mistakes from his past. And we need to do the same thing. And that's what the resurrection life is all about. For everything that God asks me to crucify, for everything he asks me to lay down in my life, it's not to make my life boring and miserable. It's actually so that he can bring life on the other side of it. There's something new he wants to resurrect on the other side of us actually crucifying things in our lives. And if you're unwilling to crucify your own behaviors and take those things to the cross, you know, the New Testament talks about denying yourself, picking up your cross and following Christ. It talks about crucifying the flesh. This is what this actually means, that we need to get over ourselves, crucify those things, lay them down and don't pick them up again and actually release them to God because it's only when those things die that he can raise them to new life. It's only when those things have actually fallen. Like the Bible says, a seed's got to fall in the ground. It has to die so that new life can come. Some things in our life we're going to have to die to in order to allow God to bring his redemptive new resurrection life to those areas. And sometimes I think we think it's too hard to crucify those things. It's too hard to get over them. It's too hard to get over our past and overcome our fears and all of this stuff. We think it's too hard, but if we do, it's because we don't understand the nature of God and what he has waiting for us on the other side. The man who thought he didn't have a voice and was hiding on the backside of the desert became the voice and deliverer for an entire nation. Acts Chapter 7, verse 35 and 36 says this. This Moses, whom they rejected when they said, 
Who appointed you ruler and judge? This one God sent as a ruler and a deliverer through the angel who appeared to him in the bush. This man led them out and performed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt, at the Red Sea, and in the wilderness for 40 years. This man. This man who had every excuse in the book. This man who tried to take matters in his own hands and solve things in his own way and ended up in a mess. This man who had the voice of others bring rejection into his life. I got to stop crying in the middle of all of my messages. Man, this man, Moses, was the one who was chosen to be the deliverer of the Israelites. This man. And God can do the same thing in your life. Sometimes the reason that we can't see our comeback coming is because the human heart has a really hard time understanding the redemptive nature of God. It's so much easier to believe that you're not worthy. It's so much easier to believe that you don't deserve it. But like I said before, that is a twisted truth. It is the voice of the enemy bringing Uh, condemnation on your life. You're not worthy, but God still loves you and wants to work in your life. That is the gospel message. God still chooses to work in you and he has unconditional love and unlimited grace and unimaginable plan for your life is what he wants to do and to work out in you. It's the whole message of the gospel that you don't deserve it. But instead of getting what you deserve, you get Jesus. And in him, you get everything you need for life and godliness. Sometimes we allow that voice of defeat, that voice of the enemy to be louder than the voice of God in our lives. And I know there's people who are listening today who have been listening to the voice of the enemy. And you've been telling yourself that you're unqualified, that you're inadequate, that you have too many mistakes in your past, that your weaknesses are, you know, winning the day, that you'll never be strong enough to do the things that God may call you to do. You feel like you're washed up and broken. You feel like there's nothing left for you in the kingdom of God. But I believe God has assignments for your life that you haven't even imagined yet. Things he's calling you to do that you need the redemptive work of God in your life so you can step out and step into what he is calling you to. Are you ready for a comeback? For every thing in your life that has gone wrong, there is a redemptive answer that God has for you. He has everything you need waiting for you. And I believe we've chosen this word comeback as our word as a church for the year 2021, but I believe that God is staging a comeback in your life personally. Whatever COVID and this year 2020, this crazy year tried to steal from us, I believe that there is redemption waiting for us in Christ. That there are things that God wants to do in your life that you can't even imagine right now. 
There's areas that have been dead and desolate for a while and you need a comeback. Maybe you need a comeback in your finances, in your business this year. Maybe you need a comeback in your marriage or your family. Maybe you need a comeback in your kingdom calling and purpose. Maybe you've been sitting on the sidelines for a really long time, just like Moses hiding in Midian on the backside of the desert. And you thought that no one would notice. I notice. I see you. And I'm calling you out on it because you have a kingdom calling and purpose. And there's something that God wants to do in your life. But you got to get over yourself and just allow him to work in and through you. So as we lead into next week and our year-end offering, we've been giving out these little cards. They're come comeback cards. If you didn't make it to church this weekend and you want to pick one up at the office, by all means, come by and grab one this week or send me an email, brenda at mp.church, and I'll make sure you get one delivered out to you. We want you to have one of these cards. And on the back, it just simply says, what is your word for 2021? I believe that comeback is our word as a church, but I believe there's something that God wants to do in your life as a comeback. And so as we've heard over these last three weeks, these are kind of three challenges or three thoughts for you to think about while you're praying and asking God for a word for your life for 2021. Do you need to come back to the heart of God in an area of your life? Pastor Andrew talked about idols of the heart. He talked about things that we um, lift up in our life above God. Is there an idol in your life? Is there something that you've been depending on or leaning into or, you know, carrying that is above God in your life? Maybe there's an area where you need to come back to the heart of God. Or do you need to come back with a commitment to walk in obedience? Maybe if you haven't been tithing or you haven't been, you know, following any of the commands in the Bible, any of the teachings of Jesus, if you haven't been faithful in certain areas of obedience in your life, maybe God's saying, I need you to come back in this area. I need you to be faithful to my commands and I need you to be obedient in this area of your life so that I can move, so that I can do the amazing things I want to do. Or do you need a comeback in your purpose and calling? Do you need a comeback in the kingdom? Do you need God to step into an area of your life and show you exactly how he can work even in your weakness, even in your inadequacies, even though your past has been a wreck, God can and will still move. So I believe God is going to speak to you sort of in one of these areas and give you an idea for a word for your life for the coming year. Now, you may not like the word he gives you. It may be hard. It may be something you need to crucify. It may be something that you need to work on and and work out in your life. But can I just encourage you that if God puts this on your heart, if he asks you to do it, no matter how hard it is, it's going to be worth it. He has the resurrection waiting for you on the other side. He has the resurrection life available for you. And he wants to redeem and restore all things. He is the God who makes all things new. The God who redeems all things and is always at work in our lives. 
I'm just going to pray over you at the end of the message here. And I'm going to pray that God is going to speak to you and give you a word for your life for 2021, a specific word for you, not for anybody else, but just a word for you. And I don't care how old you are. If you are young and you are watching this, you can ask God for a word too. And sometimes all you need is that one word from the heart of God, that one word that he speaks over your life. And you can hold on to that and trust him that he is going to work in your life and actually redeem those areas and places in your heart. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for every person who is watching today. I thank you, God, that you are at work in our lives, that you never give up, that you are a God who continues to uh, reach into our lives and to redeem and restore all things. So God, right now we open up our hearts to you and we ask God that you would speak. We ask that you would give each person a word for their life. God, a word straight from your heart to their heart. God, I just pray over everyone listening to the sound of my voice that you would speak clearly and precisely to their hearts and give them a word for this coming year, something that they can hang on to, something that they can hold on to even when things get hard. And Father, I just ask that in your goodness and your kindness, you would show up in people's lives and begin to redeem the things that have been broken, the things that we've lost this year, the disappointments that we've had in our lives. God, we ask you to come in and begin to show us if there's anything that we need to do, if there's an area of our heart that needs to be surrendered, if we need to come back to you in some way, you can tell us and we'll do it. If there's an area we need to be more obedient and following your commands, will you expose that, bring it to the light so that we can change our ways and be obedient. And God, we believe that as we walk in faith and obedience with surrendered hearts to you, that you are going to move and work and redeem all things in our lives. It's who you are and it's what you do. God, we thank you for your redemptive nature. And we thank you for the cross where our hope lies in Jesus Christ. God, I just pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I really got to stop crying during these messages. Man, I love you guys. I think you can tell how excited I am about this message because I'm excited about what God can do in your life. So again, if you want to pray with somebody or if you need one of those cards, just email me. Brenda at mp.church and we'll get back to you this week. We want you to be a part of this. Even if you're not comfortable coming back in the building yet, we totally get that and understand that. But we want you to be a part of what our church is doing and be a part of where we're going in the coming year. And so we just invite you into that. We love you. Have a great week, everyone. We hope that you are challenged and inspired by what you heard today and that you're willing to allow God to work in and through your life in bigger ways this week. We'd love to stay connected with you on social media, facebook.com slash mountainparkchurch and instagram.com slash mountainparkchurch. Finally, if you have a story of how God has been working in and through you, we'd love to hear it. Just email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in your life lately.